Welcome to the Team Trash Cast. I'm your host, Aaron, a.k.a. Dr. Compost. I'm your host, Logan, a.k.a. Logan Landfill. And I'm Wasteland, a.k.a. TJ. How you doing? Today we're going to take a minute and discuss some of our favorite teachers. Yeah, yeah. We had this set up to be recorded during Teacher Appreciation Week, so we thought it would be very much in the theme. Plus, with the school year wrapping up virtually now, yep. we wanted to just kind of take a minute and discuss our memories of teachers. I'm a teacher myself, so I'll be talking about both sides of the classroom a little bit. And, uh, you know, we'll just kind of talk about why we appreciate teachers from our high school years and beyond. Uh, I feel like I can also be an expert on teachers because while I am, uh, you know, I, I have only been, I've been a student for a long time. I have dated uh, teachers, so that probably makes it like an expert. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The thought, best yeah. way, the best way to get any like professional knowledge mm-hmm. on a, on a profession. Yeah. That people study. Mm-hmm. It's like professionally. I've dated, yes. Exactly. I've, it, is, I'm, is tangentially. I know. Well, I, I'm glad you agree. I'm yes. like partially listening. Oh, like, of course. Yeah. I'm glad you agree that like me. Having dated girls that are teachers is the same thing, basically, as right. the four-year education that yes. you you had to take on, right. as well as the job experience. Me dating a girl for a few months. Because remember, everybody, in times of crisis, don't look for the professionals. Look for your aunt on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I feel like that makes me like an expert, basically. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, clearly not. All right, what's the, what, what are we starting with? So our first segment today, everybody, is going to be the dump. It's our favorite first warm-up. Uh, not, did I say warm-up? I didn't mean that. I feel, I feel like it kind of gets us in the... <laughs> it like, definitely gets us in the like, talking mood for the oh, whole yeah. discussion, but mm-hmm. yeah. For what's sure. the topic for today? Yeah, I just didn't want to pull the veil back yet on that one, but it's cool. Um, so we're doing the dump. It is our best, worst advice um, and we wanted to keep it in the theme of the teaching episode, so today we're going to be giving our best worst advice to a new teacher. I think the, uh, the, I think something that like a new teacher needs to know is that like if you're a man, you can only wear tweed jackets, and then if you're a woman, you have to wear glasses. Like I feel like you right. need to set yourself within the gender roles for being a new teacher. I feel like you also. I feel like it's also important to always scream at your kids. I mean, just that, that, that initial shock value of when they first meet their teacher has to be, you got to set the bar high, all right? They're, they're, they're going to say, all right, if, can we get away with this? Can we can we not get away with this? And you, you've got to, like, lay the ground down. You know, you've got to, like, scare the living daylights out of your kids because if you're not, it's not for you, man. Just, you got to. You gotta right. start every conversation with a yell. Like a kid could be like, "Oh, like hi, Mrs. Forrest. How are you doing today?" Fine. Like, <laughs> like every conversation. Just <laughs> so sorry for your ears. Oh my goodness. Um, but uh, basically, just, just kind of turn the gain down on this a little, a little bit. Uh, you gotta just really kind of increase that decibel uh, that you start. Like, right. really, just assert exactly. your dominance. Um, with it. Yeah, puff out, puff out your chest, say tax exemptions, and just really assert your dominance. Uh, <laughs> tax exemptions. <laughs> these kids. Um, have to, do you have to have an acquired taste for freeform jazz when you do that? Oh, absolutely. You wouldn't okay. be an adult teacher. Especially, like, especially if you're a band director. Like, uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're a music teacher, you have to you have to love freeform jazz. <laughs> like, I, I love, love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was kind of thinking for... Um, for for a new teacher, it might be good to take on the Miss Frizzle model of teaching, which you know has a lot of positivity. But you want to take your kids on as many dangerous, dangerous field trips, adventures, you, trips within the human mouth, trips yes. in the space. Like I don't I know love it. how she was never sued. Oh, dude, <laughs> she probably was like she probably knew Hank Pym on a very personal level. Ooh. If you catch, I mean, like, yes. yeah. think yes. of all the shrinking. Are you saying and, that she had sex with Hank Pym? No. Oh. 
<laughs> yes. I'm gonna bet Miss Frizzle was a dynamite in the sack. Like, okay. I'm just, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, oh boy. Wait, other advice for new teachers. Okay. Yeah. Let's get back on topic. Um, okay. So my my I'd best be advice is like of Ms. the best way. <laughs> Wow. Oh, like you uh, won Smash. Okay, all right. Let's. She's let's, a kind, charismatic woman. We can talk about, a can talk about Ms. Frizzle all the way through. education. Okay, so the best thing that you can do when you enter a new, into a new classroom is, is you just, like, don't say a word, okay? Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if you were a student in a classroom on your first day of, of class, the teacher walks in, they, like, throw their book out the window, they write their name on the board, and they just sit down at their desk and stare angrily at all the students. I can... Like... I mean, that sounds great. Yeah. Like, basically, like, you... I think, like, you know what? Basically, the perfect teacher for that? Mimes. Let's take our entire (laughs) teacher workforce and just, like, replace them all with mimes, and then basically just, like, really kind of, like... (laughs) Basically, all the world's children now is, like, just, like, a legion of mimes... Which hmm. honestly sounds like the worst nightmare I've like ever, ever been. Yeah, this reminds is like me the Pied Piper situation. Reminds me of the sure. clown episode from Billy and Mandy. Do you ever see that when Billy has the dreams with the clowns and they're like, "Let's be friends, let's be friends," and oh, then that's Grim, terrifying. and then he turns, he's like, "No, no," and he looks at Grim and he's a clown. And he's like, "Holy moly!" <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. What a great show! I miss that show. That was a great show. Um, so the other, well, actually, beyond the bit, I have done this before in classes, um, mm-hmm. mostly for instrumental ensembles. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a certain rehearsal tool that I was taught by one of my professors in college, um, and it's called a silent rehearsal. When people are like too unfocused and it's like really frustrating, you just like stop talking. You write a rehearsal number on the board and then you point to it, um, and then you go like to give the count, uh, count off to conduct. Right, so you give like two beats or whatever, and then. Everybody, like, starts, and, and eventually the kids kind of catch on that, like, oh, he's upset and not talking, so, like, we need to also not talk, and it's just, like, it's it's kind of magical. It's a really cool moment if you do it really well, and I've done this a few times um, that, uh, that, like, have just kind of turned a rehearsal around, so... Um, I was joking because I don't think that would work in a regular classroom, but well, in in an, in an instrumental ensemble or just any ensemble would work. I mean, I have a couple other pieces of advice for the dumb, but sure. I kind of just want to respond to that really quick before we get back into the bit. Yeah. Um. So actually, I was of course I'm messing around when I'm saying like I've dated. Te- well, that's true. I have dated girls yeah. that are teachers or whatever, but I forgot I taught dance for three years. Sure. So like I used to teach instruction. Like I did used to instruct, mm-hmm. but just in a very different format. It wasn't mm-hmm. educate. It, but I was so educating, but it was through like dancing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um. So I kind of remember one of my teaching techniques I learned from someone else was um, using silence as a tool. Because basically, when you kind of have like a very rowdy, like I would teach. Sometimes I would teach at this venue that would have uh, like their regular amount of like regular class would be at least thirty people in a class, and sometimes the classes could be as big as 60, 70 people, and it's. Like, you know, I'd have a microphone and everything, but it was really, you had to make sure that you kind of were firm in establishing, like, direction and, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Classroom procedures. Yeah, just, like, etiquette and everything. <laughs> so, one thing I had to do, I, I had to basically, I don't want us to use the phrase gain control, but I had to make sure that we were focused in a few different ways. So Danielson domains. <laughs> So as opposed to kind of just like yelling like every time that like people kind of got too loud and we were kind of getting a little focused, one method I would do... The hierarchy of need. I'm sorry, I'm just... Buzzwords. Anyway. One thing I would do... Maslow. Sorry. I remember the name of the person. Pardon me. Who did the thing. 
I'm ignoring you, by the way. Like, for the <laughs> listeners, can, I don't know if this is, I'm clearly ignoring yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, um, But, like, one thing that I would do is um, I would give, like, a bit of instruction. They would do it, and then I would kind of notice maybe a bit of, like, rowdiness. Um, and I would just stand. Like, usually it was kind of a circle format. I would stand in the middle of the circle and kind of just wait. And, and they would always catch on, I'd say, within about five seconds, kind of realize that, wait, he's not, like, saying sure. or doing anything. And we ha- don't know, like, what to do next. You can kind of like hear the silence of like 60 people going down and then I would speak. But I've learned different ways through that like three years of teaching on like how to gain control of sure. a room. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, Sounds <laughs> is an, an incredible tool. In Absolutely. So. Oh yeah, it's it's very fascinating what silence will do in like normal conversation as well. But um, I... T- t- <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, I've used I've used that on you before. No, I was gonna say it doesn't. I don't think you know much about that. I don't know much about silence. Using hmm. silence in conversations. I'm trying to insult you, and I know what you're trying to do too. So I think this is just gonna get awkward and be bad audio. It already is awkward. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, let's get back. You to know what's very problem. interesting about silence mm-hmm. is that sometimes some people feel the need to fill it. I'm a person like that. But also, you are too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sure. all I need to do is just kind of look at you and just kind of watch you flood verbally. And it's very interesting to see what you kind of just like put out like you did just now. You put out. Um, <laughs> uh, did you guys have any other oh, wow. wow. advice? Um, did you want to get back into the bit or do you want to move on to the discussion? I feel like we kind of transitioned to discussion there. So we may as well just kind of roll with it. Yeah, let's, why not? Uh, you, you are taking charge, sir. Okay, so what I wanted to do with the first half of this show, um, and even in a little bit in the second half too, is just kind of take a chance to discuss some of our some of the things that we noticed about teachers and some of the things we liked, maybe disliked, um, and just kind of reminisce a little bit on education and uh, some of our favorite teachers. So who was your favorite teacher in high school, and what did they teach? In my high school, there was a guy by the name of Mr. Rogen. Um, this teacher was one of the coolest and I don't mean like leather jacket coolest but he was like one of the coolest most like level-headed clearly cared passionately about his job and his students and his craft uh teachers like charismatic guy um he taught Spanish and he taught philosophy Hmm. and oh that's a weird mix it is a weird mix um and you know what's funny is this guy was it was kind of eccentric like he definitely like moved like a philosopher in the way he kind of thought but it was he was never at once pretentious Hmm. there was never a bit of him that was an off-putting person he always wanted to educate us make us think more and make sure that we were kind of like still moving forward he handled the really the task of teaching so well i i I remember this guy very very fondly and he always he's a little peculiar i remember walking down the spanish hallway um, and like everybody would see this and literally you had maybe five to eight minutes to get from class to class and sometimes he would take out a guitar, sit in front of his, like his classroom, like, you know, like some of the teachers would have chairs next to the classroom and they would kind of just hang out in the halls while the students sure. are getting around. He would literally just start playing guitar in the middle of the hall, which oh, cool. makes it sound like, like a college campus a little bit, but he was such a charismatic, um, person and he was such a genuinely good teacher like he made me fall in love with the language of spanish i wanted to i've it has become for me since like teaching his classes a life goal to want to become bilingual because of his instruction and just my fascination with the language and the way that he kind of did it so for him it was very interesting for me to kind of see 
than a lot of other teachers how a teaching isn't just one straight and narrow thing you are being adaptive to your students it is a it's very interesting the problem solving that kind of goes on how you um be like how you're like attacking with this one like robot maybe you have a student that's illiterate or maybe a student that's dyslexic how are you still going to make sure that that person gets the information they need and i think one everyone knows it's noble but i'm not trying to say noble because you're here like yeah, I, know. I care about you a lot but i'm saying in like a general sense but like noble and like it's fascinating because someone else is getting information to be able to live in the world or maybe the information might be useless but it's just passing up information and i just think um he was fantastic at that differentiation sorry more buzzwords what do you mean um so when you say something like a, a student who is dyslexic or a student who is illiterate um differentiation is the is how teachers will change lesson plans to meet the needs of every individual student in the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, so when you have students with different, um, uh, you know, uh, students with, with different needs in a classroom, you can um, set yourself up so that you can, like, preemptively tackle those ideas. Yeah, so it's a good, it's a, that's, that's good. I'm just trying to say the buzzwords because I said them earlier and I thought it was funny. How about you, Landville? Um, in high school, um, let's see, I would say probably, well, there's, I think there's two that come to mind, um, because I'm, yeah, this is like five years ago, so I'm really trying to like, sure. really think back, but I would say probably about like two that actually come to mind, um, one was, oh, I what class he touched, it was Global Issues, yeah, Global Issues, he taught it um mr macgyver he was um he kind of your name macgyver that's yes. amazing that's amazing <laughs> yeah like he so this guy like when you saw him like i think he had i think he had back surgery i think because he he didn't walk with a limp but he almost kind of he kind of like walked almost i don't use the word crooked but like you could tell like he'd been through surgery or something like he had had an injury because like he walked like kind of kind of off Mm -hmm. and then it's and then we had learned that he was actually in the army as a uh like a paratrooper oh, wow. oh I was wow. like, yeah i was like oh so like so that's probably why and i think he had stated because like of doing all like the the jumps out of the airplane and stuff like that but like his back and his body just like got messed up because of it mm -hmm. um but yeah he oh my gosh that that teacher he was absolutely hilarious um he would have me and my friend Tyler, like, laughing our butts off in the back. <laughs> and then uh, there was another teacher um, that I bump into, actually, from time to time. Or, like, I did before all this stuff happened. But um, Mr. Lithgow, he was he was pretty cool. Um, John Lithgow from Third Rock from the Sun? No. But <laughs> the last name is probably spelled the same. Uh, it's an amazing teacher. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> I'd love to be taught by John Lithgow. <laughs> no, he, yeah, and so those are probably the two best ones i can probably give like there, like there are other teachers that were all right but mm. not like not teachers i felt like that i meshed with or that i felt like i did exceptionally well in the class just yeah so can can i just take a second to shout out a couple of the other teachers that i like think were like dope af sure uh, okay because i was always like a student i was always kind of tough to deal with because my adhd um miss jet who taught me for fourth and fifth grade she was amazing one teacher that comes to mind is Mr. C. Lover. Yes, his name is Mr. C. Lover. Um, he was uh, one of like the tech teachers. He taught like uh, like the intro to like tech 
uh, like you know, like kids who like wanted to like mess with like wood and like metals, kind of like building gotcha. like stuff like that. The tech classes, which I always love the shop classes. Like I, I have like a few. I still have a few things that I built like ten years ago in high school. That's cool. Um, to this day, um, and <laughs> he was always just like a really cool guy. He really just enjoyed. He was. You could tell he was very fascinated by like the joy the kids got out of like building stuff with our own hands. That's cool. You know, like that's like what those classes are really great for. But I also remember he definitely I feel like all the shop teachers are always like a little off. <laughs> yeah, right? I was gonna say that too. Like I feel like there's a every type of teacher has their own like quirk. Quirk and yeah. like and, and I mean like when I say type of teacher, I mean like when I think of math teachers, when yeah. I think of science teachers, when I think of like music teachers, right? Mm-hmm. We all have our own like Every little family, every little group has their own quirks. He, um, he, when I, for like shop teachers, they always had a quirk as in like, they were way more willing to just let the kids just get away with it, whatever, in terms <laughs> of like, they would still make sure that no one died. Sure. But it was kind of like your dad, where it was like, he's gonna, he's gonna like crack open a beer and just watch you. He's gonna let you get as close, the fork as close to the electrical socket as possible. Well, and I then hope pull not. You they back. would get fired for that. <laughs> no, not literally. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that was not at all what he did. I mean, my experience with shop teachers always felt like very dad-esque in the sense that it was sure. very much more like, um... They let you play outside of the lines a little bit. Which I think is, granted, now that's a whole other conversation when we do an episode on dads about like, you know, like, I think that's a very necessary thing. Sure. Um, but with Mr. Sea Lover, the thing he did for us once, which I know, like, I think it was fine. Um, there was this, um, you guys know vices, uh, that they would have, like, in shop class tables? Yeah, like a vice. Yeah, like a vice. Like, you know, just, like, a crank, and it would, like, add pressure uh, Mm -hmm. to, like, a thing or whatever. You place, like, wood behind it, kind of bind it if you were, like, blowing something. So, basically, they had, like, one of those, and he had this machine that would create, like, small electrical little charges. And I, I have, like, a very faint memory of this. Um, it was, like, 12 years ago. But, like, he had this, like, crank... Um, and he was, no, he wanted to show us, like, I think it was showing us how electricity was conducted or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, guys, you can even begin to feel the sensations of the electricity and we can adjust it to see, like, how intense, like, the charge is or whatever. And so, like, everyone had the options, like, if you guys wanted to, you can feel, like, what's, like, on, like, setting one or whatever. And then it, he turned into, it was like, do you guys want to see, like, how much you can kind of, like, take? But the thing is, there was never a thing of mm-hmm. pain. It was more just kind of, like, a surprise. Like, yeah, the, yeah. The charge, so... Like, uh, they have like they have machines like that. Mm-hmm. They're like uh, it's kind of like um, like a claw game almost. I don't remember what the machine looked like. I just remember the sensation. It was like a really fun activity. Gotcha. And I think the class was mostly it was mostly. Well, I feel like shop classes, at least when I went to school, were mostly boys. And then like they tend to skew male, probably. They, they definitely yeah. did. Um, so with young teenage boys, I always had that kind of like curiosity on like how much pain can I take? <laughs> and you know, so, now that I think about it, that's probably why you don't see as many shop classes or home ec classes. What do you mean these days? Well, uh, wait, do, do I don't know? I don't not at school right now. So do you not see a home ec? Well, I think a home ec is like foods and like yeah, cooking. Well, well, exactly, because shop classes and home ec classes are like pretty gender normative if you think about it. And education has been kind of skewing away from that too. Really? Um, yeah. That's lame. I love those. I, I mean, they're great. They're good classes. They're mm-hmm. good life skills to have. Absolutely. Like, I took home ec classes. We all we all had to in like seventh and eighth grade. Like we were, you didn't get to choose what specials. Yeah. You had. Um, and, I mean, I made a coffee cake and it was pretty. It was pretty dang good. But um, 
I still remember something I made in, um, because in high school I took, uh, it was food, they were called foods classes, so I took foods one, two, and three, Mm -hmm. and then in high school I took the shop, I took both, like, I took both the, like, the, um, the foods and, like, the shop classes, I took, like, I took metals one, I took wood one and two, and I took intro to tech, I also took, like, intro to TV, Mm -hmm. so I was fascinated by both, although for the foods class, that really was far more of a mixed bag because everyone's curious about cooking. The class that we had that skewed heavily female was clothing, where people like kind of learn to like sew and things like that. Which sure. to this day I regret not taking that class because right. when I get a tear in like jeans or something, I really wish I could just fix it. And um, they had like a childcare um, class for people who are kind of interested in like education yeah. or things like that. When yeah. you were in high school, I had these. I went to a. I, they won. They won for childcare when I was in high school what? too. Yeah, yeah. I went crazy. to a high school that was. <laughs> I'm not going to shout out my high school, but I did go to a high school that, very like, for what it was worth, had plenty of resources and let you kind of choose what you kind of wanted that's to. That's pretty cool. I mean, like... No, absolutely. It really was. Um, I guess that's that's interesting, because, like, I mean, I did go to a high school that was in the middle of the woods. What? Um, yeah. I grew up in a super rural area. You, I thought you grew up in Pittsburgh. No. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Like, the boondocks. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. Um, so my favorite teacher, um, when I was in high school, my favorite teacher was my band director that I had uh, my senior year. Um, and mostly it was because uh, he's, a, he's a saxophonist, and he and I actually, like, we're still friends to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like, I'm actually going to be sitting in on a studio um, class that he has, is going to be having next week. I'm going to be sitting in on the Zoom uh, class for that it's gonna be really cool I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it mm-hmm. um but it was really he was he was really he's really the reason that i wanted to become a music educator because i had always wanted to be a teacher but i didn't really know what i wanted to teach yeah um because i find a lot of joy in helping people understand the understand things and passing on information um I wanted to be an English teacher for a while, but I didn't read any of the books oh, yeah, in English, English class. Oh, you such English teacher vibes? Yeah. Well, I didn't read any of the books that we were supposed to for English class, even though I liked them a lot. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I, I didn't. Um, and I still did well in the classes. You and have yes, like, I am bragging about that. You have, like, the beard and the hair for, like, an English teacher. Like, just throw a tweed jacket on you. Sure. And, like, I don't know about you, I can see it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, uh, but, but I wasn't super interested in English itself like um not at least not to the same extent that I am in music mm-hmm. um so but the thing was that I never really felt like I was a good enough saxophonist to go to college for music um and so but my senior year he became the band director and really kind of took me under his wing I took music theory lessons with him um well I I was supposed to take an AP music theory class online it was supposed to be an AP class, and it wasn't. I finished it in, like, a week and a half. It was supposed to be a semester-long course. So I just had this class in the middle of my day where I had nothing going on. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and uh, it was during a free period for him, and he was like, hey, just come down to the band room and take saxophone lessons. We can do music theory stuff. We can do um, aural training, which is, like, hearing uh, intervals, like, being able to decipher, like, what a chord is by hearing it. Um, and so I started to do that every day and, you know, started practicing, um, material for college auditions, for, uh, district band, region band, all state band, all this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's really kind of because of him that I ended up not being terrible at saxophone. Um, cause I was just able to learn it and 
learn it really well, I guess. I mean... So were you in good hands? Yes. Because you went to Allstate Band? <sighs> I knew when you said that. I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure exactly where it was going. Um, this is... Uh, so, no, but he, like... It was just... It was great, because I... Um, I had had bad experiences, like... I maybe wasn't the easiest student to deal with, I guess. But um, I spent a lot of time in the band room when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't really until my senior year that I really started to get, like, individualized help that solved the problems that I was having on the instrument. And so uh, when I finally, like, when I did start learning from him and he was telling me all this different stuff about, like... um, intricacies of playing the saxophone like something called embouchure which is how your face sits on the mouthpiece and like specifically like voicing what the shape of the inside of your mouth should be like when i started learning about that stuff that was when i started to sound good on saxophone and Mm -hmm. like that's really the only reason that i was able to get into a decent music school um and because of his influence yeah um and so from like that just kind of turned around my entire experience with band in an educational setting and so for me music in an educational setting even so that for me was kind of like well i want to be that for other people so um so yeah um did you have a follow-up question for us yes i my other question is what was your favorite thing about the way that they taught and we kind of addressed this a little bit we kind of did but yeah um if you could think about like even just one educational strategy like one thing that you noticed that they did a lot um mr rogan made me feel good about consistently asking questions because of my adhd i tend to um and i haven't really talked about this on the show Mm. um but i was diagnosed when i was like six and um it's something that's like seen as more of like kind of a joke thing and I'll talk about it more later but one way it affects me is I'm incredibly forgetful like in the short term unless it's about information I really really care about so uh, I constantly have to ask questions and teachers usually especially when they don't know get very annoyed with me because it's not that I'm dumb I'm very intelligent it's it takes me an extra second to like get the information right um so for him, he made me kind of feel delighted to not only ask questions just about the class, but also just about life. And just, uh, he made me kind of, like, not he made me, but he definitely was an influence early in my life to find a fascination in being self-aware, asking questions, and I didn't feel bad asking questions. Um, yeah. Sure. I don't, I don't know if there was a particular way MacGyver taught i would say it was just his overall personality that kind of was like kind of helped uh like learn things and um just just enjoy the class more i mean i wouldn't say i don't know for like for me like i wouldn't say um like i was particularly the best student i know i was not um so yeah that's that's tough to say um yeah, because he didn't, like I said, Nick, he didn't really have, like, a certain, like, teaching style. It was more so his personality that was, like, more, sure. that was more, um, made you feel like, you, you know, more engaging or made you feel like, oh, you know, I can kind of be myself in this class. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like, there was, like, rules and guidelines and stuff, but, like, you know, you, sure. whereas, like, you know, you had 
Mr. MacGyver, or you had, um, I forget what her, her name was, but like you have, you have like another teacher, for example, it's like, you know, you kind of like can assimilate the differences between, oh, what does this teacher allow? What does this teacher not allow? Sure. So, yeah. That's interesting. So he was able to engage about. you. Yes. Okay, yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's really interesting to think about too, because there, there's a, so, um, one of the big things that teachers strive to do is set up their classroom so that it is called a, or so that it's set up like a, um, um, a community of peers. Um, and mm -hmm. basically the idea of that is that like, you're trying to make all of your students feel comfortable in the classroom, um, because it just creates a more positive learning environment for everybody. Oh, right? I love to teach. I love when I get into a classroom like that. Yeah. I had like a Spanish class like mm -hmm. that last year, actually. Um, where it was only about eight or ten of us, so it was, like, really small, um, and the professor, well, the one rule is we had to, like, speak, like, in Spanish, like, the majority, like, I'd say about 85% of the time. Sure. So it was very tough, but, like, since it was such a small class, and everyone, we'd reached a point in, like, Spanish where it wasn't Spanish, like, two or three, it was, like, everybody who was in this class wasn't doing it for language credit. You wanted to do it because you were either majoring in it, you were fascinated by it, like, it was, like, a focus you were doing. Sure. So... Everyone kind of like really bonded over like that love of like Spanish, and the teacher was really able to kind of just like bring us together. So there was a lot of kind of discussion and really supporting one. It was honestly one of the best classrooms I've ever like um, been a part of. Yeah, that's a it's a huge, really important thing that teachers can do in education. Um, and I think even speaking to what you said about Mr. Rogan, 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 Rogan. Actually, no, Joe um, Rogan taught now. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan was my um, teacher. Mr. Rogan teaching you about like or just making you feel comfortable to ask questions in the class. Like that's that's a huge thing that teachers can do. And sometimes you even do that like with your with their personality. Mm -hmm. um, just making people feel comfortable in their own skin. Just make you feel more engaged. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, and I think for my teacher, the, my favorite thing about him, um, and this is probably specific to instrumental or ensemble classes, um, so your bands, your orchestras, your choirs, was that yeah, he, it's very specific. Yeah, um, he made us. I mean, I guess this isn't specific to these classes because there, there's definitely there's overlap, but he made us. He made me in particular. I'm sure that other people had this effect too, but he made us excited to actually learn the music and like actually understand how it's supposed to how it work and sound and not just like your own individual part, but how everything works together. Um, and he made it us feel a lot more responsible for um, how how we were performing in the ensemble. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, that's one of the things that I've kind of that I still kind of stress to my students now is like your part is your responsibility. In order to be functional in this classroom, you have to be able to play your stuff when you get here. Rehearsals different than practice, yada, all these things. But uh, but it it's it it just kind of makes everybody want to be better because it's fun to be good at something. Absolutely. And that was one of the first things that he ever said to me and to my group of like seniors um, in the band room. Like the first when we first met him, he met with the uh, the drum majors so the people that the students that conduct the band during the halftime show um and he met with our like president and vice president i don't remember then like our i don't want to say cabinet but uh, officers was, uh, was probably president obama and, and joe biden yes at the time. right it was, like, was, was yeah. yeah so uh so president obama and uh, vice president joe biden were mm -hmm. both there mm -hmm. um and yeah <laughs> he addressed the room saying uh it's fun to be good at something obama <laughs> gave a, obama gave a thumbs up and then he left um <laughs> 
And, and Joe oh, Biden just kind of like... Uh, yeah, Joe Biden... He looked out the window as Obama was leaving with that sad Joe Biden face. Yeah, he was. And it's yeah. like with a hand on the window yeah. and everything. Um, so, uh... <laughs> no, but he said, it's fun to be good at something. And that, like, has stuck with me to this day. And I, I kind of take that into a whole bunch of different settings. Like, I definitely enjoy, you know, like, it, whether it's whether it's something like playing saxophone, making music with people, or if it's something as simple as, like, playing a video game. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoy that thing more when I'm doing it well. So, like, that ideology when you're practicing or you're trying to learn material, trying to learn a mastery of the material, it is way more enjoyable if you can get past that hurdle, like, when you get past that breaking point where you start to really grasp it, you start to understand it, and you really master that idea, mm-hmm. it's a, it's just like 20 times more gratifying. And then, you know, it's a, everything's more fun. Yeah, so uh, he just made it, it's just, it's just when, you, when you have that ideology in mind, it makes everything like 20 times more gratifying. It's a lot more fun. Um, so what do you guys think about uh, taking a little bit of a break and running our fake ad? Uh, I do want to do that. I just I had one last thing on something you just said. Sure. Where you said it's fun to do something that you're good at. And I, I genuinely love that. I would love to add on to that. It's also an attractive quality when someone is good at something. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. For me, like dancing, like that's something I'm like I'm very good at doing. So it's fun for me, but it's also attractive because I've taken the time to build and work on a skill. So that philosophy, the fun to be good at something. That is definitely like a mantra to kind of like just like take with you. Like I, I, I genuinely really like that. All right, so let's go ahead and hear from an ad that is one hundred and ten percent real. Fake. Damn it. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Mr. Wasteland. Are you an instructor? Does this ever happen to you? Hey guys, today we will be having the principal observe our class. So let's be on our best behavior. Wow, what a weak will. I felt no authority in that. Hey. Those students are definitely going to rebel. Dude, what the heck? This sounds like a pretty common scenario that every teacher faces. But what happens if you play nice and your students don't? Well, we've got an easy fix for that. Directly inspired by Key and Peele, please don't sue us, we bring you the Anger Translator for Teachers. Here's how that scenario would sound with your Anger Translator present. Hey guys, today we're going to be having the principal observe class, so let's be on our best behavior. Let's get one thing straight and let's make it clear right now. I better not catch any of you any of you out of line whatsoever because I swear I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Now, Sophie, it doesn't take you that long to sharpen your pencil. Sophie, how many times are you going to get out of your seat this class? What is wrong with you? Do you not want to be here? I mean, if so, there's the door. You can leave. Gerald, this is the fifth time that you've asked me to go to the bathroom today. Gerald, Do you need to go to the bathroom, or do you really need to go see the nurse? Richard, please put those scissors back where you found them. Richard, put those scissors down before you stab yourself, you little dick. Doesn't that feel good? Finally, you don't have to pin down all that fury. Let him get it out for you. The anger translator for teachers. I've been Mr. Wasteland. For Team Trash. 
Welcome back to the Team Trash Cast. I hope you enjoyed that totally fake advertisement. Um, I mean real, I mean fake. What is it? You'll never know. We'll never know. You know, I came up with something over our break. Oh, really? Yeah. I had, like, one last piece of, like, a, like really great, 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 terrible, great advice okay. for, te- for like, a new teacher. Yeah. Uh, you really should try to eat, like, an apple a day. Just do, like, the full... Like, like basically, I feel like you'll get better as a teacher the more apples that you like have. Like, really, Wait. like we want, like we want, like Jerry Smith from Rick and Morty. Like, you're hungry for apples. What? If like, just like I want. Matter of fact, if you're a teacher and you get like, you want to get like the apples with like the worms in it. So really, just make sure that you are like, like honestly, I think any new teacher needs to eat at least five apples a day to make sure that they are like amazing. Wait, I have an idea. Yeah. Okay. What if, like. What if on the first day of school, okay, mm-hmm. you walk back from lunch, like your class, your class gets back from lunch on the first day, and you like you have like a little apple shaped spot on the desk, what? and you just kind of look at it like sadly and go like, oh, all right, guys, we're gonna start like this on day number one. Well, did someone stole your apple? No, like nobody wanted to give the teacher. Like the whole thing is oh. like, giving the teacher an apple, right? Yeah. So like, what if what if as a new teacher you're just like, oh shoot. No one wants to give me an apple today. Okay, I get how it is. It's like getting a rose in The Bachelor, just so how you know you're like yeah. good and acceptable. And then like every day, like you just kind of keep doing that until they eventually catch on. And then like you just get like 20 apples or 30 apples or 40 apples because, you know, big class sizes are a good thing, right? Yeah. Wrong. Okay, so you, anyway. Have you ever had a student give you an apple? Has that ever happened to you? No. I wonder, like, why that's hysterical. Because I did that as a kid. I gave, like, one or two teachers an apple. The nicest thing that a student has done for me was after I had, like, a bad day with the class. This was my first year of teaching. Mm-hmm. It was a ninth grade general music class. And it was a pretty bad day. Um, and I don't know, I th- this. I think the student was in a different section of the class. But it was just, like, it was just a random day. Uh, the student, like, came up to me, and they said, like, hey, I just wanted to say thank you. I really appreciate you for, like, what you're doing for us, um, and, like, it's it's really nice. So, thank you. And that was, like, um, it was just a really cool thing that happened. It was a really nice student. They were they did a really good job in the class. They were just, I mean, some days they were pretty talkative, but, like, for the most part, they, they did a good job, um... And it was just really, it was just neat. It was just like one of those things where you go, oh, that's cool. It was because you felt seen. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And then, I mean, the, the other thing is that, like, you know, I have, I have a lot of really nice students when I think about it. There was uh, there was one year after um, the marching band season was over, one of my students, uh, that was that's the drum major, gave me a letter. It was just like, hey, we know that you got here at a really weird time. Any time a band director, like a marching band director, changes over, it can be really difficult because... Students get to know their marching band directors really well. If you've never been a part of a band program, like, as a marching band or concert band or whatever band student, you spend so much time in that room with that one specific teacher, and it's not just from, like, you don't just have that teacher for one year, right? You have it for all four years of high school. Mm -hmm. And if they are a 7 to 12 teacher, like myself, then you have them for six years, right? So, um, you get to know that person over the course of six years pretty well. That's fascinating. Um, it's it's definitely a different angle, because, I mean, I get to see my students grow up, basically, yeah. from 7th grade to 12th grade, and kind of get to see, like, I, you know, um, you pl- you wear a lot of different hats as a band director. Like, sometimes you're you're sort of a, an un, um, I don't want to call myself a therapist, because I'm not. I'm Do you not feel licensed like a parent? For that, but, um, Sorry, 
I just with what you're saying, it just makes me wonder if you ever feel like a. I think it was called Mom once. Um, (laughs) 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 You do kind of have like that almost like I mean I'm not a parent, um, but you almost have a parental relationship sometimes with the students, sometimes Mm -hmm. with the students. Like um, they'll come to me with like personal issues and things like that, and like you know, um, so which is pretty typical for band directors. Like we get to. You just kind of, you get to see your students over the course of four years or more. Um, and so you get to know them pretty well. Um, and it's different, I think, than not to downplay what other teachers do, but it's different than a core teacher because they have them for a semester or a year, mm-hmm. you know? No, that, that would 100% change the fun of, like, I have a much better relationship with teachers I've I had two or three times versus right. once I only had for, like, maybe a quarter or a semester. Yeah, and, and during the marching band season, it's just like, I mean, I see them first period every day, um, and then I also see them from 2.30 to, like, 4, um, uh, like, two days a week, right? So that's an extra, like, three hours that I see my students more than other teachers might. Um, so, you know, you start doing the math on, like, how much time that is, like, spent with students. It just, you get to, you get to know them a little bit differently. Do you find yourself, like, feeling genuine care for students? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, um, for my I, I, for my band kids especially, um, which just kind of comes with the territory, um, just because they spend so much, you, they just spend so much time in the band room, you know. Um, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I you know what we were doing this teachers episode, and you were the one to kind of like outline what we were to kind of be talking about. But I yeah. thought it just personally, I thought it might be just kind of curious to get into your head a little bit. Sure, yeah. No, I appreciate um, that. I, mean, I was just good curious questions. about those things. All right, so what did you have for us next? Um, so I wanted to start off the second part of the show with a new segment. It's a oh! Oh, boy. And for now we're calling it Soapbox because I can't think of a trash-themed name. Recycled Soapbox. There we go. Um, no, you could just call it the, tra- <laughs> the, trash, the trash can. The trash can. Yeah, because you're flipping a trash can upside down and you're standing on it. Oh, that works. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I we'll really call like. It soapbox, then. honestly, soapbox is kind of a, a piece of trashy equipment. True. Mm. Um, so let's call this soapbox. Soapbox. Um, and I wanted to talk about teachers in media. Yes. Because this is a very much a double-sided coin, and there's probably a reason for that. Because you know there are good teachers, there are bad teachers, there are criminal teachers, which we're not going to really discuss in the show today. But um, there are good teachers and bad teachers. Um, and, uh, all, in media, in TV shows, movies, all of this kind of stuff, we have a whole lot of examples of good teachers and terrible teachers. And I feel like sometimes that actually influences how kids view their teachers in, like, in school on a daily basis. So let's talk about teachers in media. Uh, so I think one of the coolest teachers in media, I will say again, Miss Frizzle, uh, she is one of the coolest teachers, like, ever in media she like took those kids on adventures granted you can't imagine the lawsuits i mean yeah <laughs> it's hard enough uh, as like it's hard enough to do a yearly trip for like band stuff we mm-hmm. had ours canceled this year because it was gonna be happening in may yeah um and uh thank goodness that uh it like we knew well enough beforehand that it was gonna be canceled but could you imagine that like they would have been doing field trips like every week because it was or every day really because it was always tied in with the lesson like what did people say in the halls when they saw this woman just take these kids down the hall (laughs) every week 
every week these kids are like walking down the hall into a field trip and like did the principal just approve like all right so you want to take them to um you want to take them to space like what was miss frizzle doing to get these con- like to like to, to get, get these field trips approved to get these field like trips all the paperwork that you have to do for any field trip like it takes months to get it approved like, at one point they visited someone's mouth for like i think they did sure, like a sure, dentistry sure, sure, episode sure, 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 or something okay yo uh, can we also talk picture? about like? Can you think about think about you know how like some schools are sort of based on a lottery system? Okay. Okay. Like elementary schools in some cities are based on a lottery system where like you uh, since they're all so close together, you have to like you know they get um, some of the 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 better schools like there's a lottery for whether or not you get into them. Okay. Um, and they just pick names out of a hat, which uh, there's a whole lot of issues with that. Um, like from a systemic standpoint. We don't need to discuss that, but could you imagine how difficult it would be to get into the school that had Miss Frizzle? Oh my gosh, like, I can't even imagine. And, and, and if, what if you were in one of her, one of the other classes of that grade? Like, is she just like a fifth grade teacher, and you were in like one of the other classes, and you see Miss Frizzle's class like walking down the hall, and you just like kind of stare out the little window of the doors? They were most likely like, the coolest kids in school. Oh yeah. Like you can imagine like be. being one of the other kids in that school, being like, oh yeah, you know, we just went to space the other day, and like these other kids. We learned how to do fractions. Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. But have you been to, like, oh, you man. have, like, the little Arnold's kid with, like, the little dorky with the glasses? Yeah, but have you been to space, though? <laughs> um, other teachers. Ugh. What about Mr. Cracker? Oh, my gosh. The epitome of uh, of really just cr- a teacher cr- who's just crazy. over. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, man. you know, Mr. Cracker and the fairy godparents! I don't even remember him actually ever teaching anything in the show. That's did a he? Good. Yeah, did he? I, I, he would like every time he just came on the TV screen, he would always just be like, he would. Always, it was always just something like a new way of antagonizing Timmy Turner. Yeah, that's, that's it, it, like it was always him give, finding a new, new sadistic way to give Timmy Turner an F. You know what? Here's my question, Butch Hartman. Yeah, I'm gonna at you specifically. You know why did has... he have to be a teacher? You know why he... couldn't he have just been their neighbor? <laughs> Right? You got Dingleberg on the one side, you got Mr. Crocker on the other. Why did he have to be a teacher? Dingleberg! That's a good question. I that was coming. Yeah. Why did he have to be a teacher? He didn't teach in the show at all. He literally terrorized these children. No, not these children. Timmy, Timmy specifically. Timmy. His friend AJ always got A's. True, but like he did, like he was mean to the kids, like just like in general. That's fair. Yeah, he didn't need to be a teacher. This is a problem. This is this is probably why this is soapbox. Um, it's because there are so many negative representations of teachers in media. What about Mrs. Puff? Um, uh, or is she negative? Because that's a woman who's just stressed out. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't. That, that's fair. Because 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 I mean, I, as like, are you referring to the episode where uh, where SpongeBob has Patrick in class and they're like, the <laughs> I think it was funnier than twenty four. Twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe a better is that that uh, that guy oh, from that show you like AP Bio. I only like I, I like hate watch AP Bio. I okay so. The, I like the relationship that the teacher has with his students, mm-hmm. but um, that is in no way, shape, or form like an accurate representation of the rapport that a teacher has with their students. Because, um, like, well, obviously they're like his henchmen, basically. Um, <laughs> I who else do you have in mind? There's so many negative representations of teachers in media, and I, I like like Mr. Crocker, like Miss Finster from Recess, like uh, oh Miss Finster, Mrs. Fowl and Jimmy Neutron. I don't remember. Um, uh. She was like, 
she wasn't necessarily negative in the fact well, she didn't really antagonize the students specifically, although she did hate whenever Sheen would take Ultra Lord in for show and tell, like week after week after week. Oh my god, oh, oh. Um, I haven't thought about Jimmy Neutron in years. Yeah, right? The show um, was so good though. It was a great show. Nice. But, and she never like, she didn't ever, I don't remember her ever having any in like interactions with Jimmy Neutron, the boy genius. Right, mm-hmm. like I don't remember her ever saying anything negative or positive to him, um, and it's like, and it's just kind of weird, right? Because like as a kid, if you're watching these shows, you're gonna project the images of your teachers onto these people in these shows, right? right? I don't think Especially- I did. Because I never thought of I would meet a Mr. Crocker or something, but I, I guess if it's a caricature like that, it's different. Yeah, um, but I did, like you know, I think every kid might have wanted a Miss Frizzle or something like right. that. And, that's and fair, yeah. That's good. Like that's that I think is the kind of thing that you should want. But I always feel I feel like so many times the teacher is set up as an antagonist in a show. Hmm. Right. And on some subconscious level, I like I I would argue that that affects children and makes them think that in a classroom it is us versus them. Or they might right? have that kind of like false false sense of Looking at a teacher like, oh, you know, do all teachers act this way? Sure, exactly. That's a, no, that's, a, that's a good thought. And I'm not trying to say that, like, oh, teachers are underrepresented in media or something like that. They're definitely not. But they're no, not. They're not. We're, um, but, like, and that this isn't a representation issue in the fact that, like, there aren't enough of them or are there too much, but, like... More a um, perception or a... Um, yeah. With the way that they are, uh, uh, the way you, like not perceived, the portrayed, yeah, portrayed, Portrayal. perceived. I mean, either way works for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the big thing, the, the thing that is like kind of frustrating for me sometimes is like, when how would you feel if you were a teacher sitting in front of a classroom full of children and one of them compares you to like Miss Vincer or Mister Crocker? Boy, <laughs> right, man, that's a good point. That's never happened to me, mm-hmm. but. Um, I feel like this this is a co- pretty common trope for some TV shows, um, and you kind of have to think about how that affects a child's psyche. I mean, that's an interesting thought, but then also I think for those shows, for me maybe the the level of disbelief was in that like there was a cartoon. Sure, that's you fair. know like maybe if I were to be watching shows like. If, bad, if I were to be watching t- shows and movies like Fist Fight or Bad Teacher mm-hmm. or Vice Principals, like, you know, like those portrayals of like, but then again, those are portrayals of adults working a job and it's far more, sure. like it's very interesting as you grow up, like the teacher goes from being this thing that's kind of far off to like, I now live with a teacher right? and it's very much like, <laughs> it's weird. For me, a teacher isn't this, like, far-off thing. You know, it's just, like, a guy who works a job. Like, I'll see, like, yeah, you go out there and teach young minds and, you know, really just kind of, like, help them with things and whatnot. But then I also see you come home and just, like, play video games and do nothing. Like, <laughs> right. so it's funny because yeah. I'm like, oh, right. it's just a guy. Right. Um, yeah. They're, they're people, too. Yeah. I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen, like, one or two students out in public, mm-hmm. one, or, one or two of my students out in public, and it's always, like, a weird experience. And I will tell you, if you've ever seen one of your teachers in public and you thought it was weird to see them, it's weird for them to see you, too. It's weird for both sides. I never thought about that. Right? Yeah. All right. What do you got for us next? Um, okay. Oh, I want to actually. Can we discuss that just a little bit? Like, mm-hmm. I want to talk about. So I do want to ask you guys, like, because I, I don't think that when I was in elementary or high school or middle school or whatever, I don't think I really had. 
I'm not sure that I took these perceptions into my classes because, like, by the time I had been watching these cartoons and stuff, I had already had interactions with my teachers, um, and I didn't necessarily feel that they were antagonists. But did you feel like teachers were antagonistic to you? Um, uh, and if if I say yes, it was probably mostly because like I was I was a really uh, just. Uh, brash student. I wasn't very, like, well-behaved or well-mannered, so that was probably my fault. Oh, um, okay. But I can't really name it in particular because I feel like it was kind of commonplace just, again, because of the way I acted. Um, so I really can't put any specific teacher, you know, in a lineup and say, oh, you know, yeah, that they're, they were a jerk to me or, you know, whatever. Like, sure. I can't really... Um, I, I I don't have that level of humble. Um, <laughs> you're a better person than me. Um, although actually, no, I can't think of one time I did deserve it. I had a teeth. No, granted. Okay, so I have one thing. Sorry. And I don't even mean. I this is a very general question, and I understand okay. that. Yeah, like, did I ever feel antagonistic? Like a teacher was. Yeah. Or by and large, did you feel? Or you can say specific, but, but yeah. like by and large, did you feel like teachers were antagonistic to you? No, not in large. There was only like two. There was this gym teacher in elementary school. And I deserve this. I totally did. Um, he gave... I'm not going to say the reason he did it, but he gave me a wedgie in fourth grade. What? I went to school in an area, and this was in the 90s? Or the, like 2000, 2001, maybe? Yeah, but bro, that's still not okay. Yeah. By today's standards, it's today's not. Today's standards, no. <laughs> today's standards, okay. not. Yeah, no, no. And it's not okay in the 90s, th- No, either. not at all. It's definitely not okay, but... In this school district, for the most part, nobody was going to do anything. Um, so, like, he gave me a wedgie um, in the middle of the gym class. Now, granted, I had just done, I will say this, I had just done something right before this to have discerned discipline. Like, I had absolutely done something Yeah, but you bad. can't give kids a wedgie. Exactly. Um, I have, I granted, like, what he should have done is told my mom, and my mom should have smacked me. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> no, 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 I, like, what I did, I deserve, I did, yeah, the chain of command. There I deserved to be smacked, trust me. Does not stop. But not by him. But no, not, by him. not yeah. at all. Yeah. So. That's not a teacher's job. No. Yeah. What it was is my sister and I, we were fighting in gym class, and, like, I had to check my sister. Um, I'm not gonna, like, get too, like, deep into, like, what I had to do. But then my gym teacher came over, even though my sister, I love my sister, but she's evil. And it's that, like, he just caught the moment that, like, I was trying to, like, get her to, like, stop. Mm-hmm. And he came over and hiked me up by, like, my gym shorts. And I saw the curvature of the earth. Um, <laughs> nah, the earth's flat, bro. Just no. kidding. I'm not a flat earther. Yeah, what if we turn up be a flat earth podcast? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this whole time. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, for today. it's a flat earth. Flat yeah. earth podcast. And then there was a. A um a teacher in that Catholic school I went to for like a year. It was the religion teacher. I don't think so much as in she was like antagonistic. So well, she was way more antagonistic because it felt like she hated her students. It was she very much had like I swear to gosh, if you would have given this woman a ruler and like like it was a Catholic school, so if you would have just given her a ruler and the ability to spank these kids, she would have went to town. Jeez. Like like she genuinely seemed to just hate the kids and like really was just like stuffing. Granted, I was Protestant, so, like, going to a Catholic school, that was kind of just my mom, like, whatever, but, like, so it was even kind of still weird for me, but um, it was just kind of, like, a weird class, and she just was a very, very mean woman. 
Like, just really, really mean. I really wonder, like, what her problem was. Like, I, I genuinely, sure. she was so mean to the kids. Like, everyone could not stand her. That seems like a pretty Catholic school standard thing, though. Well, Catholic school right. kids aren't, like, good. Like, people think you send your kids to a religious oh, yeah. institution. No, you're not. Like, your kids most likely... like yeah, no, some stuff. Uh, you will, Here's the thing. Like, because if you sexually repress kids, they're hormonal, they're teenagers, like, they're still going to find ways to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but, yeah. All right. Let's move on. Um, so I did have a few more discussion questions that I was going to ask to kind of close out the show before we go into Rotten Rex and that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my, my next question for you. Um, we can kind of call this Trashy 20s discussion questions, whichever one we want. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the nicest thing that a teacher has done for you? Well, I, I had already touched it on this. I think in the yeah, bullying episode. episode yeah, yeah, I did it in the bullying episode. So for those of you who are listening, you can check that episode out. Yeah. Um, but uh, teacher standing up for me um, when no one else did. So. Um, I think just kind of general good encouragement. I had like a teacher, Mr. Moore, in high school. He was an English teacher, and um, <laughs> although when I look back at my writings now, they're terrible. Oh. Absolutely horrible. But I really did, like, develop, like, a love for just kind of, like, writing as a form of expression. Because when I was in high school, I, I didn't really know how to express myself, like, a ton like I do now. Mm-hmm. So I was very quiet. And so the only way I could really get things out was by writing. So, like, kind of um, the coolest thing he did, he was just doing his job. But right. uh, his thing was just kind of, like, still persisting and kind of still encouraging me to kind of, like, see what I could kind of find from, like, that. So, But I don't really have, like, a good standoff story for that one, honestly. Hmm. I don't think anybody really looks back on writings that they've made before, whether it's high school, college, or even post. No, I do. Oh, really? I'm very fascinated to see, like, how my perception of, like, things has changed as I've Right, right. I mean, I don't think a whole lot of people look back on them and think, oh, that was so great. I was so good at this back then. Oh, yeah. I look back and it's terrible. Right? Like, (laughs) everybody does this. And and I feel like with artists, um, artists do this as well. Like, I know when I I think about, um, like... Either songs I've written or uh, music that I've played. If I look back at recordings of things, um, I'm always like, "Oh wow, I'm I'm glad I got so much better at this." Mm-hmm. Although it's a little different for like when I look at my senior recital, because then I just kind of think, "Wow, I wish I had more time to practice my saxophone." Um, I'm like that with like so much of like my stuff in the past. Even though I was proud of it at the time, I feel like I'll feel that way, that way about the show. Like, let's say. Sure. We stopped doing oh this after, gosh. like, a year or something, and then, like, in three, four, or five years, I revisit it just, like, for, like, old time's sake, and then we look back, and I'm like, ugh. Like, I start to cringe at, like, just, like, different, like, that? little things. Huh? Why would you say that? No, I'm saying We're gonna because... live forever! <laughs> well, let's say in five years, when we're not in our 20s anymore, and the show mm. has no point. Um, <laughs> we'll like, just call it 50-30s or something like that. Oh, that sounds, like, so lame. We'll, we'll, we'll find a way. Uh, yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, but, like... We're gonna live forever! I just... I, like, I feel like I'll look back on... Because here's the thing. What if we get better at this? Yeah. And this is still, like, us kind of, like, working out, like, everything. So when we look back on it, like, we just kind of, like, cringe. Like, oh my gosh, like, how did we... Or whatever, like... Bro, I'm, like, seeing the entire universe right now. I'm, mm-hmm. like, seeing it in colors and sound and, like, a whole <laughs> symphony of words just floating around and, like... You know, like, whoa. What are you talking about? We'll have a minute where we look back on this and we're like, this was bad, but now we're good. Well, exactly. Like, literally, yeah. <laughs> I think I even, when I pitched the when you and I were pitching the idea, we were like, oh, yeah, it could 
it could genuinely be terrible. Sure. And it's, it still could be, but, like, right. the, we had, the whole point was to have fun. You know what the scary thing is? Yeah. Not this, yeah, actually, well, this is scary for any creative. Anytime mm-hmm. you put yourself out there, you don't know what, whether, like, what you're doing is good or not. Mm-hmm. Because it's your baby. It's the thing that you've created. And you don't know whether or not people are going to relate to it. Yeah. Right? Um, so if you are a creative, put you yourself got- out there. Because you'll never know for sure if you don't do it. It's a perfect time, too, during quarantine. Sure. Last question. Um, did you notice anything about your grades in classes where you got along better with the teacher? Um, no, because I was still a horrible student. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, no. Really? So, uh, like, well, except for the, my for my few Spanish classes with Mr. Rogan. Okay. And yeah, my wood, so like my uh, my tech class, the shop classes, I did much better in those. Um, no, not really. Interesting. I always kind of found that if I could relate better with a teacher, that I would be more interested in the subject matter inherently. Um, whether or not, like, whether or not I, um, really was interested in the subject. Like, for example, for me, history was always something that I kind of struggled with. Mm Mm-hmm. And now, granted, I had some really good history teachers that I liked a lot that I didn't do very well in their classes because I'm just not a guy that does, like, dates very well. Like, I... I, How does your girlfriend feel about that? Yeah. um, Well, she's allergic to nuts, so, so, like, we can't eat dates together anyway. Are dates even, I love, I are love dates a, even a nut? I, I don't. Was, you okay? Wait, I was. I thought you were doing like. No, like, they're like they're like a a date is like a fig. It's like shoot. Yeah. Dang it! Well, I no, thought we, there were gonna be like, like so many layers to that. Joke. Yeah, I, like I was like I was like hold on because I I like what you were doing, but then I realized are you doing it on purpose? Because oh yeah. If you're doing it on purpose, it's great. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Words have meaning. I wish I wish I would have like caught out because I was like wait I can't tell if. Um, no, okay, so, so, dates, uh, I'm allergic to figs, Mm -hmm. so I can't eat dates, no, but I can't, like, I can't remember the, the, like, specific dates and times that things happened, like, that, like, I, I liked the history teachers a lot, but maybe didn't do very well in their classes, but typically, I feel like every time that I, like, would get along well with the teacher, um, then I'd be inherently just a little bit more interested in what they were teaching. I did notice right? that. Like, my ADHD wasn't as much of an issue when, sure. like, I was into the... When the teacher was good, I was paying far more attention. Great, and the grades were, like, a little bit better, but I noticed far more of, like, oh, I don't need to try to keep myself rein in because I'm, I'm right. in. Like, I'm completely engaged. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never noticed that. I never noticed a great change when I was in school. It was it was just like, okay, yeah, you do the work, you know, you you do the work, you know, you study for the test, you know, you do good on the test, okay. Um, sure. I just was never, I could never just be bothered to study or do anything. It was just, huh. yeah, it was just bad habits, so. Yeah. Um, I didn't study in high school either. I didn't either. I did well. Well, I mean, did you, like, well, I know, you, like you said, like, if you had, a, like, a general interest in the subject, like, you had, like, you felt more engaged and you were, like, more attuned to listen, like... No, I was just a smart high school kid. Like, high school oh, okay. was easy for me. College I, was, was I wasn't. I yeah. wasn't. Like, I was not, like, smart in, like, middle school, like, any way, shape, or form. Just, okay. like, I acted out, like, really stupid. I didn't pay attention. Just, I didn't interact well with other kids. Like, just, yeah. 
I was awful. Yeah. yeah, I was just on ADHD medication, and so, like, that kind of, like, really just kind of compresses you and puts you into, like, your head. So, like, I got good grades, but I, I hated myself. Like, this, oh. this is a whole other a whole other thing for the show. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. the way ADHD medication affects you. Um, mm-hmm. I've been alluding on, like, that mental um, illness, like, a little bit, so I kind of maybe want to talk about it more in a future show. Sure. But that's kind of all I had to really say on the matter. Okay. I, I always felt like... I'd be a little bit more engaged and a little bit more interested. And typically that's partially because if you get really good, if you are a a good teacher, you find different ways to engage your students and you find different ways to explain things, right? Like, uh, for example, you could take 20 minutes to explain why two plus two is four with words, or I could take five minutes and I could draw two tallies on the board and Mm -hmm. say one, two, plus one, two equals, and then draw four tallies after that. Does that make sense? It does. If that visualization was good or not. But like, Good teachers find ways to engage students in a number of different ways, mm-hmm. whether it's visually, kinesthetically, a whole bunch of different things, because everybody learns differently. So if you have a teacher that is um, really trying to help you with those kind of things, just, uh, you know, they're probably pretty good at their job. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, boys, so I know we're running up to the end of the show here, and I do want to uh, get us into our last segment of the day to just kind of discuss our Rotten Rex. Um, As a disclaimer, um, these, we call them the Rotten Rex to fit in with the theme of the trap, like the trash cast. We don't mean that these recommendations are bad. A lot of times we end up actually liking these recommendations. So, um... The hosts just want to make sure that we can share something with the other to kind of give something for the other to try. For instance, last week, um, Logan, I uh, gave you the recommendation to check out the TV show Good Girls. Mm -hmm. How did it go? It was good. Um, so, like, a lot of different, like, characters that you can relate to, obviously, like, that's obviously, like, an any TV show, but, like, the three main girls that, like, that were there, it, it definitely felt like they were at least women that you, like, knew or, like, at least their personalities that gave off, like, you could relate to just given their situations. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the show about? Just, like, a quick, like... Um, so, um, it's, so it's about um, these three women. Um, I'm, I'm, like, horrible with names. I apologize. Because, like, it's it, fine. T- it takes me a while to... Um, to uh, I remember the actress's names far more than, like... Yeah, the, like, as far as, like, names. characters they're portraying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's basically about at least the first episode um because like i'm still trying to like grasp like the premise of like the whole show i would like need to watch like a few more episodes so um basically um there are uh these two girls i believe annie and beth um and then there's another girl i can't remember the name ruby ruby and um they're both in like different different situations as far as like seemingly like work financial situations and then they they rob a bank. <laughs> they rob. They don't rob a bank. They rob a grocery store. Oh, dip. Yeah. They, okay. Okay. That's yeah. A yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. They're they're all stuck in like financial like tough points, mm-hmm. and it's like one of them needs like money for their daughter's medication. Mm-hmm. Another one is trying to take care of their kid. They're all like moms just trying to like help out their mm-hmm. like families, and they decide to rob a grocery store, and. What happens after they rob the store? So then they, so then uh, two of them go. They buy, they buy different stuff, and then the other one, she gets into a mishap where I believe the guy's name is Boone. Is it Boone? Yes, Boone. And this was really like Boomer. It's Boomer. Oh, Bo- I don't know what to say it was Boone. He's the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 
Is Which it? One? There's like a there's like a crazy guy on his old son in Philadelphia, Dennis or something. Okay. Oh, yeah. Isn't there? Like, Glenn Harrison. I don't know what his, his, the actor's name is, but I know it. he's okay. really good on Good Girls. I'm a golden god! Yeah. On Good Girls, he's a horrible person. Because he tries to assault one of the characters. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, well, that's fair for the pilot. He tries to assault one of the characters. And the other thing that kind of comes out of that show, I remember, is like once they rob the bank, they learn that the money that was running through that store was owned by uh, like a gang leader. Oh, and so they've mm-hmm. kind of wrapped themselves up into this whole, like, crime thing. And so the show kind of plays out with, like, them kind of, like, doing crime to take care of, like, family stuff. But also kind of, like, Heisenbergian kind of getting an interest in it. And it's it's, it's a fun little interplay. Um, it's, like, a far more, t- like, I wouldn't actually compare it to Breaking Bad, but it's, like, far more toned down. But kind of just, like, crime to take more care like of stuff. More like sitcom than... Uh... No, I would, no, I would not call it sitcom-y whatsoever. Oh, okay. it's, no. It's, it's dramedy. I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah. It's, a, it's definitely dramedy, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I but again I'd have to watch like more of it to like yeah. get like a better like like feel like for the show to like give like an accurate like oh like I really enjoyed like this. Like I would have to watch like the whole like yeah. first season. So I just finished that. I just finished season three and they had to cut it short because of COVID and everything. Mm. Oh man. The show is still good and you could tell like oh they just needed like two more episodes to flesh things out. So I don't blame them for the finale, like it is what it is. Well, well I I would think like even more time that would actually probably give them like a better chance to like write more episodes. Like write like, better been. material, yeah. 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 Um what do you have a write for me? Yes, yeah, so do you remember yesterday when we did the grill out I said about the game Ghost of Tsushima? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yes. So I want. So your rec, I want for your rec is to watch the 18 minute gameplay video and let me know what you think. Done. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I guess now. Uh, wait. Okay. So then you have to go to him as in your. <laughs> I'm glaring at him. So last week, I <laughs> had the explain? distinct pleasure of watching a dental procedure <laughs> on how they put in, like, fake permanent teeth or peri... Uh, what's it called? County? Perry County. <laughs> no, sorry. So, what you saw being put in was veneers, okay. um, which is, like... Which is... They're basically done with... If I'm, if I'm stating this correctly. So, like, you do what's called a crown prep. So, you're shaping and taking, um, like, what are called burrs, and you're basically, like, carving, like, mm-hmm. a tooth that needs to be, like, that's, like, cracked. Replaced. Yeah. Replaced. Yes. And then you got to take, like, molds and what are called um, alginate impressions, and then you've got to, like, figure out, okay, does, like, like if you need, like, your front tooth, mm-hmm. you know, replaced, you got to figure out, okay... I'm going to make a mold of this. All right, well, I need an accurate uh, impression to replace it. Right. So, yeah, that was that was what you were saying. You were so saying. I got to see them, like, drill down a guy's tooth and then, like, put in molds and stuff. It's pretty gross. Yeah, that, that yeah, I saw the the the, uh, uh, the thumbnail you shared to him. <laughs> you, that was so mean. Um, <laughs> I uh, immediately went and like was that was that was that for like four hours. Well, now was that was that the one with the was that the one with the build up? No, it wasn't even the that wasn't even the worst one. There was a worst one. There was a second video that he sent where there was a guy that had um, what's uh, it was like tartar. Yeah, he had like twenty years of he had a phobia of brushing his teeth or going to the dentist, right? Which a lot of people Um, do. That's common. Yeah, but it was like a very like it was su- it was a really extreme case of it too it was like 
he hadn't brushed his teeth or been to the doctor in like 20 years and uh he just had a ton of tartar and calcium built up on his teeth um and the doctor uh the doctor who seems like a really nice man um <laughs> just kind of spoke through like the uh the process of removing all the t- all of the tartar mm-hmm. and everything and honestly the worst part of that video was the thumbnail yes because because they don't actually show the procedure which I, is good but yeah i thought they were going to show the procedure and i was that's like, what i thought too and i was I pressed, like oh thank goodness i was like i guess if i have to i like in slow motion press the play button and i was just like i don't want to do it and it was like <laughs> really, dramatic, really dramatic music was playing in the background and it was like and you know you know um uh so i uh yeah um and then it was just this dude talking, and I was like, okay, that's not so bad. But, yeah. uh, so, um, yeah, moral of the story, brush your teeth, uh, floss, and, uh, take care of your mouth, boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, I, I know that you, uh, also recommended these, not just because it was payback for, uh, <laughs> sorry to bother you, but also because you're getting really interested in, um, in... The dental field, dental yes. Dental hygiene. So, uh... So yeah, it was it was kind of it was cool to see the kind of thing that you're looking into doing and the kind of thing mm-hmm. that you're um, you're going to be studying and uh, and I could not do that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just a note of positivity because you and I've been like talking about it in conversation. You are making yourself more familiar with the vocabulary, and I yeah. think as from like a student perspective, I think you're handling that in like a good way. So I'm proud really of you good. for kind of approaching it that. Yeah, way. like yeah. and that's and that's like well, going back to the whole teacher concept, you're saying like oh like you know you were your grades different because like you know you were nice to a teacher or was a teacher nice to you and honestly i think that was like another big problem is just because like like i had stated before like oh i didn't pay attention i didn't study i didn't do any of this like now it's like i realized that kind of mistake and i'm trying to rectify that or or change it because mm-hmm. now i realize okay you know this is like my last i guess chance to do this and it's like, not your last chance no at least it feels that way to me. I mean, like from from like the inside looking out, that's the way it feels to me because it's like sure. you know I like I want this for myself. Like I I see like a future for myself, and it's like I realize okay, this is what I need to do. You know, so that's I feel like getting a head start and jumping on the material and like reading about it and getting uh, like absorbing the information and just becoming more uh, familiar with it. That definitely is going to help me help me get like a. a an edge over definitely um, man well i just want to say again it's not your last chance one because you're young so you have plenty of times to do things over again you have times to fail granted you could do really well but you also are completely allowed to fail and then try again i failed multiple classes in college i've failed a grade but i've like still like you know kind of mm-hmm. went at it again and like did better the second time around yeah so like you absolutely like like, I know it's for you it feels like a life chance, but if you kind of think of it in that way, you're kind of limiting yourself. What this is, is you're kind of, like, using your next continue in a video game, basically. You're on your next life. I like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so... Um, so, Logan. <laughs> for you... I don't like the malicious look in your eyes. Oh, no, you're actually going to love this recommendation. I will? Okay. Yes, you will. You're going to love that I'm recommending this to him. Okay. Logan, for you for next week... I have a podcast recommendation for you. <gasps> oh, you son of a toaster. <laughs> because we were just talking about how you haven't played D&D, I think, the other night. Mm-hmm. And I want you to have a taste of how much, like, ridiculous fun it can be. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's an amazing D&D podcast. Oh. 
called Rude Tales of Magic. I have been recommending this podcast to you for two months straight. Like, yeah. every morning, yeah. I'm listening to it and telling you, and you finally listen to it. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's amazing. Granny also stole my wreck. <laughs> I don't even care. I have no remorse. Um, you need to check out this show. Um, it's very fun and very silly, but it's a D&D podcast. I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Okay. Um, and it's right. teacher themed because there's a university involved, Ooh. sort of. Well, actually, speaking of teacher theme, I'll just get. Actually, not. Let me get okay, my pass so. out of the way. Um, so you recommended to me last week uh, yes. the television show Gravity Falls, an old Disney Channel show. Yes. Um, you told me to watch the first two episodes. One, I did not know it was a half hour. I thought it was a 15 minute for some uh, reason. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was 15. Oh, by the way, for the, your recommendation, listen to it. It's, it's like an hour and a half long podcast. Listen to the first 30 minutes. If you like it, listen to the rest of the episode. You should okay. just make them listen to the whole episode. It's a, Oh, that's fair. It's that's an hour fair. and a half. Like yeah. a, it's a lot of time. Yeah. I don't want to over make you overcommit to things but i did make you commit to an hour i thought it was only 15 minutes an episode too so mm. sorry about that but so i gravity falls like has Kristen shawl in it and i yeah. love Kristen shawl's voice I, w- I will watch her in literally anything i enjoyed it way more than i thought it would i'm a rick and morty fan so like i know that kind of fandom kind of mixes so i like yeah i heard things good things about it does but it does it does well i heard the creators are kind of like similar minded or whatever sure yeah so i'd heard good things about it mm-hmm. and Kristen shawl I will literally listen to her watch her in anything. I just rewatched her stand-up special for like the third time. Like, I love Kristen Shaw. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I will jump into this full on. I think the only thing that was a barrier for me was I was like, all right, this is a kid show, but is it one of those kid shows like that's an outlier, like Young Justice or Avatar Last Airbender or Ben Phoenix 10, Alien Force, that'll be like, I can, which Avatar, like as of this recording, just went on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And you know that's been a blow up. Look, Avatar's already amazing. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's been on Netflix and everything. I think it's like it's such a cult following now. But yeah. um, I like to compare Gravity Falls to uh, Phineas and Ferb in the sense that like I can see that, but it's like way more paranormal. Yeah, I mean it is, but it, it's in this it's in a similar vein of TV show where like you have a similar vein of cartoon where it is a kids show and they deal with themes that kids can relate to, but they also have a lot of in jokes and re- like that like different things that like adults can pick up on too um so it kind of bridges the generational gap because it's just so like there are things that will go over kids heads that adults will pick up on and enjoy i love that when i like revisit like old tv shows like when i'll revisit a billy and mandy episode and i'll kind of notice oh like (laughs) this is way more for adults than like like it than i realized yeah yeah um i'd highly recommend watching the 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 rest of gravity falls is really good if you like the first two episodes i i i enjoyed it thoroughly to be able to like keep it in mind as like a background thing Mm -hmm. i don't think i'll watch more because i don't like have to Mm -hmm. but i still like got a definite like i did not get an enjoyment to where i was like hooked and i was like i need like i need to like watch this sure um but i definitely did enjoy it it's really fun the second season they lean more into the paranormal thing and there's like an overarching narrative that's what i also like the kind of like saw that they were kind of doing that as well yeah so it's it's a really fun show, but um, I'm glad you liked it. No, and I, I did. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, so my rec for you this week oh, is no. something I gave to you. Uh, it's not bad. It's good. Okay, you'll right. like it. Okay, but I'm just terrified now. <laughs> I'm living in constant fear of these recommendations. Here's After the- someone <laughs> made me watch somebody's mouth be operated on. <laughs> Look, I w- <laughs> this is something I recommended. To- <laughs> this is something I recommended to you a while ago, and yeah. I know that you'll like it. Mm-hmm. It's more about being able to to find the actual thing it's actually a little bit difficult to get a hold of so I'll, like i try to if we need to pay for it i'll pay for 
an episode for you. Um, like, there's a television show that was on TBS a few years ago called Teachers. It was done by this comedy group called the Katie Dids. Oh, yeah. They're like the six women who are all like named some variation of Katie or whatever. That's sure. besides the point. Um, but they made the show that was really, really funny. I, and I think it has like three or four seasons on TBS. It kind of pops in and out. But yeah. I don't have cable anymore. And it was on Hulu for like a month. I watched the entire thing. But it was really funny. You could tell it was like super like... You can tell basically it looks like a web series. Mm-hmm. Um, it has very much like Letterkenny vibes for teachers. Oh, okay. Just not nearly as foul. In terms of like how really? it's like made and like its roots and whatnot. Huh. So okay. I think you'll really enjoy it. I think you should watch just the first episode. Okay. Um, so I'll help you try to like dig it up because it's cool. from what I've known, like trying to go back and watch season two, it's hard to find, but I haven't tried to look it up in a few years. But okay. Um keep it in relation with the episode. Cool. And if not, um my like backup will for you to watch some episodes of the web series they did before they got a TBS TV show order. Sounds good. Yeah. I've actually been meaning to watch that show. Yeah, no, I know, and so I kind of had that in the back pocket. Got it. All right. Cool. So, uh, shout-outs. I um, want to give a shout-out to our editor, Bethy G, who puts up with our nonsense and uh, <laughs> takes these very meaty, meaty recordings. And, uh, it's too yeah, much. <laughs> yeah, too, too much. Sorry, sorry. And um, it helps them be a little more digestible as we try to kind of skim the fat just a little bit ourselves. But you can find her at color.obscura on Instagram. Uh, she is wonderful. She's been making flip videos, or she was making, oh, like, cool. flip book videos like uh recently not recently she was like a couple of months ago mm. but she's a very cool lady and i'm absolutely uh buttering her up by like saying this on recording that she has to listen to and <laughs> be nice to her um thank you to the band space between for the use of their song um lessons as our theme song for the show uh you can find uh the band i'm actually the lead singer uh of the band you can find us on instagram facebook and Spotify, Spotify as well. Yeah. yeah, we have an EP on Spotify called Space Between. Um, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. Keep it out. Um, in a couple of weeks when we drop our next episode, we're going to be doing one on graduation, and we're going to have another guest on. We're going to have our, our second guest. All right. Well, as we say at the end of each show, smell, smell you later. later! Oh, and it's finally synced this time, because it's not over Zoom.